You're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast with me, the one and only Noise of the North, Dano the Mano. This is a lifestyle podcast loosely based off the lake life. My goal here is to give listeners an opportunity to share an experience of wakeboarding, the athletes, music, art, and much, much more. So get ready to join me and my people each and every week right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. I want to start off by thanking everybody for tuning in to our first show here on the Golden Mike Podcast. As you know, I am Dano the Mano, the official voice of Pro Wakeboard Contests. I've uh, been doing this for about 10 years now and looking forward to kind of diving into the unknown for me here into a little audio podcast. Uh, this week, we've got a very special guest, our first guest here on the podcast. It's the one and only... Dirty Mike Dowdy, 2013 Rookie of the Year, past amateur world wakeboard champion, uh, took the honors at the 2013 Wake Awards with Trick of the Year. And we're looking forward to catching up a little bit with Mike Dowdy and finding out what's new with him and uh, what's to come. We're also going to be talking about some past events, some events that have happened, some events that are coming up, and uh, a few other things as well. Let's kick off this week's podcast with some past events. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, kicked off the season with the WWA Malibu Boats Pro Card Qualifier event. Really stoked about this event. Uh, This year, even last year, uh, the industry has certainly changed in wakeboarding. Now, there are actually events out there where riders have to come and earn their spot as a pro rider. You can't just show up at any old event nowadays, pay and get in. You have to actually pre-qualify to be in the pro ranks. Uh, so big ups to the WWA and Malibu Boats, of course, for coming together and, and, and starting such a cool thing for our industry. Uh, another event that uh, just happened, actually happened just this past weekend in Orlando, Florida, at the Orlando Water Sports Complex. It was the season starter for the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. Such an awesome event the Gravel Tour is bringing together uh, amateur athletes from not just around Florida, not just around the U.S., but athletes from all around the world were at this first stop of the Gravel Tour. Uh, It was a really cool thing to to see all the riders after uh, taking a few months off, and it's a great way to, to kick off the season as the first major Pro-Am event comes just a week after the Gravel Tour, and it's happening this week here in Orlando, once again at the Orlando Water Sports Complex, and that's the Nautique Wake Games. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you by Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida. Get the best deals online at www.perfski.com. And I'm super stoked to have somebody very, very special here as our first guest inside the studio loft right here in Dr. Phillips, Orlando, Florida. With me, the one and only Dirty Mike Dowdy. Mike, what's going on? Dano, how are you? Not too shabby, my friend. Dirty Mike Dowdy, is it? Is it still Dirty Mike Dowdy? Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit. I, I, the nickname still flies around a little bit here and there. Um, it's still my Instagram and Twitter handles, so I mean, I guess it... It's still dirty, but, um, you know, it, it, I can't really control what people say, so it kind of comes and goes. <laughs> Understandable. I know that, um, well, I'm sure most of the listeners know that I announce all the major events that go around the U.S. I've been announcing for you for many, many years now, and um, we had that nickname going for quite some time, and actually this last summer, one of your team managers asked me to mellow out on the Dirty Mike Dowdy. I'm like, that's his brand. You're like, no. I know. I I heard that rumor as well that, you know, some people are starting to second-guess the Dirty Mike Dowdy name, and they weren't really into it, so um, I guess you kind of take it how it comes. I haven't, I've been trying to be respectful at events, I've been holding back, but every time I watch you wakeboard, I'm like, man, this guy is so dirty out there. It just rolls off the tongue, really. It just rolls right off the tongue, yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's start off here, Um, where are you from? Um, I'm from Pinckney, Michigan. It's a small town, um, about 45 minutes um, outside of Detroit. Um, 
you know, I grew up there riding with my family. and uh, You're in the thumb of the mitten. Uh, yeah, basically. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere. A little bit to the left of it. Everybody, what's the deal with that? People from, what's the deal with everybody from um, Michigan? You ask them where they're from and they, point they, to their hand. they put their hand up. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just something that one person thought of and now everyone everyone if you who's from Michigan you know that's their go-to it's like one of my pickup lines when I meet girls from from Michigan I'm always like oh where are you from and and they tell me and then I like I put my hand yeah, up and I point hand, yeah it never works because I don't know uh I don't know all the geography yeah, yeah in yeah. Michigan so still a good way to break the ice though yeah yeah exactly so um we're gonna keep moving forward here uh, Mike Dowdy so you're a pro wakeboard athlete. I've known you for quite some time. Uh, from Michigan, you live here in Orlando, Florida now. So um, how long have you been living here in Orlando? Um, I've been living here for about maybe two or three years. Um, I was coming down before I moved here um, just for some months in the winter just to, to keep up with my riding and stuff. But then um, uh, Derek Grassman, you know, told my mom that if you want a permanent place to stay that you know, he can stay with me, and um, it wasn't like a huge party scene or anything, so I took him up on that offer, and I lived with him for my first year in Orlando, and it was a pretty awesome experience. Now, when you moved down here, I know you were still in high school. How does, like, how does, like, your mom deal with the fact, like, and how did you, like, step out of school? I know, like, when I was in high school, I wanted to, to stop. I wanted to just get my GED, and I wanted to, to be on the water every single day, but my folks wouldn't let me do it. Like, how how do you get that? Such a cool mom. I don't really know. I know it um, was definitely hard for my parents to watch me kind of get shipped away to Florida because, you know, my mom and dad, they obviously, you know, they wanted to keep me home, but um, wakeboarding was what I really wanted to do. And um, if I was going to give it 110%, that was the, you know, the step that needed to be taken was to, you know, enroll on a um, an online schooling program because the the normal school hours, you know, they they obviously didn't work for me trying to, to train all year round. So that was a big step in uh, you know kind of making my official commitment to the sport really. So you, did you graduate high school? Yeah, I graduated. Yeah. Cool. So you're right now. You're like what twenty? Yep, twenty. Twenty years old, and um, so you did your your high school on online. Did you get to walk with your class? Um, I had the option to, but I was. Um, you know, I didn't really feel the need to because I didn't really live that normal, you know, after 10th grade, I didn't live that normal high school um, life. And I was in Florida training and I had events coming up. So I didn't really feel the need to, to go home and walk with my classmates that, you know, I only had a couple close friends. And so I didn't really feel the necessity to go home, I guess. When did you start wakeboarding? Um, I started when I was um, eight years old. I actually, um, my dad had bought a Malibu ski boat um, and, uh, Jerry Nunn was doing some clinics in the area and I really wanted to learn to wakeboard. I knew how to water ski already. And so my dad took me to the clinic and I, I got to ride with Jerry and it took me like a day and a half to, to get up on the water. And then after that, um, I learned and he, he taught me how, and I think about a month later, maybe a little longer, there was another clinic with Sean Murray, um, on Lake St. Louis. Cause that's where he's from. And, um, that's where I started wakeboarding it was on the same lake as him. And, um, once Sean Murray came in for his clinic, then my um, parents, they I got the opportunity to ride with Sean Murray, and he um, taught me my first wake jump, and um, I guess from there it kind of kept going with it. What year did you start competing? I started competing when I was in 2004. In 2004, so you were roughly 10 years old when yes. you started competing. Yes. Uh, now, were you just competing at that time at grassroots events or were you already competing at the WWA events uh, that's like when the I nationals started, and worlds yeah that's when I started the Vance Triple Crown and the WWA those were my first years uh, doing those events before that I kind of got into contests right away after I learned like the the summer I learned I was already starting in those you know those grassroots contests and then um, Freddie Wayne's mom actually you know told my parents that hey you should think about putting him into the the WWA events and so uh you know, from there we, we gave it a shot. Yeah, it's cool. I started announcing nationals in 2005, so this is going to be my 10th year at the national contest. And, um, you know, I was at the events and I announced them all, but 
the the first few years, I knew my love for the sport, and I loved watching the amateurs and and being such a big part of that. But you and I didn't really start connecting till probably about three years later. Or so mm-hmm. um, I remember. I was on the road doing rail jams with Step Up Productions, and I got a phone call from your mom, I think, asking if you could ride one of our rail jams, and I was a little nervous about it. Um, this was this must have been right after you won Worlds in the boys' division. Yeah, probably around 2008. Yeah, like so um, I'm sure it was no secret to you that I was and that I was a little bit nervous about having you know a little. 10 or 13 year old or whatever you were at that point riding in our rail jams our setups were gnarly what'd you think Did you think i was some sort of jerk or what <laughs> no i mean i didn't i actually didn't know about that until you brought that up to me i never no one ever told me but um looking back at it it was definitely a sketchy experience you know i mean i only weighed i mean i, I can only guess maybe 90 pounds or something maybe even less you know and the when they would pull the winch you know they had to go half speed because it would rip me off the dock and i'd fall just and i remember also i don't think that you were going for the rails or anything i think you just hit the kicker yeah i just did big laid out back flip tantrums oh yeah yeah and and you continued to do that for for a handful of years from the boat shows and you joined us on on quite a few rail jams i remember i i was nervous at first I, i did become comfortable with you out there riding so um Really, what got you into that real jam was your coach back then. Yeah, yeah, my coach, uh, Chris Lasky, you know, when I was younger, he, um, when I moved to Michigan from Missouri, um, I kind of wanted, I was taking wakeboarding serious at that point, and, you know, I wanted to, to give it my all and give it my best shot, and, you know, Chris was the professional then, you know, he was the one that, you know, Chris was the professional wakeboarder from Michigan, you know, he was that guy, and. And so I met him, and he agreed to take me on as his student. And, you know, from there I spent, you know, countless summers, hours training with him, you know. And he basically taught me, you know, all my basic sevens. And, you know, he, he really kind of put the foundation of, you know, my riding today, basically. It's not a secret that early in your career, a lot of people may or may not have thought of you as uh, little Chris Lasky. Yeah, yeah. Of course, now I mean you're not the tallest guy, but you still tower over Lasky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's something about Lasky. He he like breeds stars, you know. Um, I know in wakeboarding, I know he's working with um, with Thomas Herman yeah, out of yeah. Indiana, another Midwest kid who I think in five years is going to be one of the best riders out there, yeah. uh, among other great riders. But uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about Lasky and his coaching. Um, another star, not in the wakeboard scene, in the snowboard scene, Kyle Mack, who's yeah, also yeah. from somewhere around where you're from, right? Yeah, he's about um, 40 minutes away from me. Okay, and for anybody who's not familiar with Kyle Mack, he's um, a pro snowboarder. He yeah, well, He's got to be 18 now, right? I uh, sixteen, 16? seventeen. I think seventeen. And when I met him, he was even younger than you were. He his dad brought him out to the rail jam, and uh, he he came out and rode on. He was a snowboarder, um, into the wakeboard stuff, but really more into the snowboard. And that kid is just he he's like a phenom. He's kind of like uh, at one point he was kind of like a like like you were a Harley Clifford of snowboarding, right? Yeah, he came up pretty quick on the scene and. Over the last couple of years, you know, he's done tricks no one else has done, you know, a couple of different triples that um, no one else has done. He was the first kid to do it, you know, beat beat guys like Sean White to the punch, you know. So that's a pretty big accomplishment for a kid so young. And, you know, he's he's um, he's been working really hard, um, just missed making the Olympics this year due to an unfortunate injury. But, um, you know, he's definitely on a quick path to the top. Do you ever feel any animosity towards him because maybe if Lasky could have had the time to spend with you that he spends with him, you may even be at a whole another level than you already are? Um, I don't really think so. I think it's more has to do with what's going on in my head than, you know, the, you know, Chris just kind of helps make everything more clear for you to achieve. You know, he can't go out and do it for me just like he can't go out and do it for Kyle Mack, you know, it's, it's all up to you at the end of the day. At this point in your career, you're a sophomore in the pro ranks now. How much does coaching play a part in what you do? Um, it's still pretty big. I mean, after I moved down from, um, or uh, 
uh, sorry, after I moved down from Michigan and um, started riding here, I started training a lot with Mike Ferraro. And he uh, he plays the mental card pretty hard. You know, he, he can point out what's going on in your head, and, you know, he nails it every time. He knows exactly basically what you're thinking when you're thinking it. You know, he can – and he, he helps point out, you know, what you need to do and when you need to do it, you know. And, and that's something that was part of that next step for me and what really helped me, you know, kind of dominate that last year in juniors that I spent. You know, that a lot – a huge part of that, you know, is owed to Mike Ferraro. You know, he, he really helped me out a lot. And and Mike does that definitely for for a lot of riders. You you come you kind of come to notice in our industry, the athletes that go through Mike Ferraro tend mm-hmm. to be the guys that you definitely see on podiums. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about juniors. Uh, two thousand and twelve. Thirteen. Oh no, twelve. Yeah. Two thousand and twelve was your last year in juniors. Yep. Um, that year, if I remember right, you were virtually. Unbeatable. I think you got beat at nationals, if yep. I remember right. Yep, and I think uh, also One, worlds and worlds maybe yep. one stop on. But you won the mm-hmm. entire junior tour. Yep. Um, I believe at the Wake Awards you got uh, checkout athlete. Did you win that? No, as well? I didn't end up. You didn't. Who got that? Um, Shota. Uh, I think Tony, Tony or Corey. I think Tony. Oh really? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, so I didn't end up getting that one, but that's all right. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. You. You still you still came out with a pretty good season last year. So, so 2012 was your last year in juniors, and you only spent maybe three seasons in juniors, right? Um, yeah, my last season um, was my third season. You know, the first two definitely didn't go as planned. You know, I had a lot of, um, I guess you can call them demons in your head. You know, that I had a lot going on in my head where, for some reason, I couldn't you know put it together. But that last year, I I really just you know, I went for it, and I, I didn't care really about, you know, you know, I, I just went for it. It was my, my plan was to go pro, and, um, you know, I wanted to leave juniors with the title, and that's what I did. And you, in juniors, you were also known, and we're going to get into a little bit of this in just a few more minutes, but in juniors, you, you put down a couple of tricks in contests that Probably no other junior had ever done before before at before that point. Uh, right, yeah. The KGB five or something. Yeah, you were doing yeah. that in juniors. Yep. Um, the first time I did the KGB five in contest was actually not even my last year. It was the year before that I did it in Texas last year that they had to stop in Texas. Um, and then my last year in juniors, um, I landed. I stuck a Moby Dick seven. Um, at the Texas stop as well. Oh yeah, that was an awesome day. Yeah, I think that same. I think Harley also did a. Phil did uh, Moby Dick Seven that day. He did a Moby Dick so yeah. Moby Dick Seven. Did Harley do the double tantrum that day yeah, too? Yeah, the same day. Yeah, that was that was definitely a memorable day. Some high performance. Oh yeah, there. for sure. Um, you you actually got out of juniors with with a year left to go. You could have competed one more year. You could have taken the 2013 season and competed in juniors. Um, what what was the reasoning behind jumping into the pro ranks so quick? Um, honestly, I just wanted to be, you know, I wanted to face the best on the highest stages. You know, I, juniors was a huge year, and it was awesome to compete against all those guys. But at the end of the day, those weren't the best riders in the world, and that's what I want to, you know, that's who I want to, you know, when I'm going toe-to-toe, I wanted to be with, you know, the, the biggest and baddest, you know. So that's why I kind of decided, you know, win or lose my last year in juniors, I'm going to go pro, and I'm really going to go for it. I, I still look at last season and – I think that the competition was pretty good in juniors. You know, your guys like Tony Iacone, uh, Corey Tunison, um, Noah Flegel. I mean, there were, there's definitely some competition. And, you know, you can have the best tricks in the book any day of the week, but what it comes down to in a contest is can you be the best on that particular day? Right, exactly. It's more, you know, and there's a number of riders now that could take a contest, you know, that could take Harley Filmy. You know the best of the best, and they could they could beat him any week. You know it's just that given day. You know you got to be the best, and that's one thing that you know guys like Phil Sovin who have just totally crushed the contest scene for years on years. That's because he knows when he gets on the water that if he does this, this, and this, he's gonna take home the cake. So you know it's just making sure on that particular day that you know you you brought your A game. Yeah, absolutely. Um a lot of I did the first pro card event and I mentioned it in the opener for the show uh, I did the pro card event 
and it was really cool for me to be out there and see all of the up-and-coming talent going for their pro card this year and some of the guys we mentioned before your Tony Iaconi is the Tunison brothers um, Noah Fliegel I mean these guys are all going for the pro ranks this season they they earned their pro card a couple of weeks ago um, what what do you think these do you think these guys have a chance to compete with Harley your Phil's your Rusty's I mean Mike Dowdy's I mean I definitely think you know some of the guys like Massey and you know Corey and um, you know some of the kids like that that they definitely have the tricks to to lay down some heavy runs you know um, they definitely you know it's going to be a tough race for rookie of the year this year I mean you look at all the guys that come in and they they all have had their you know their junior you know their junior glory kind of like I had and now it's time to you know now is when the cream of the crop rises so to speak yeah actually now that I think about it if you take a look at the uh, the the group of guys that just earned their pro cards some of the top names from the juniors last year all of those guys won at least one major contest I mean yeah. it was it wasn't like Tony Iaconi won every single weekend or Noah Flegel won every yeah, single every, weekend everyone kind of had their um, you know, they had their weekend. shining moment yeah, their to, shining to moment. say. Exactly. Uh, so 2013 was your rookie season. I remember the first event of the year, the Nautique Wake Games. It was exactly a year ago from right now. Um, you came out in the qualifying round as a rookie. Now, a lot. I'm sure there must have been a ton of pressure. Uh, I, I felt pressure for you as a rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you had a killer off season. You were landing crazy doubles and all kinds of different stuff. Um, you, you picked up that new sponsorship with Nautique. Um, it, things things were really really going awesome coming into the season. The qualifying round, I remember you going out there. You stuck a trick that nobody's ever done in a competition before. Yep, I uh, I you know was riding well during the off season, um, and you know coming into to my rookie season you know I could kind of tell in the atmosphere and and then you know the people's faces and emotions that were kind of running around that you know my debut in the pro division was long awaited and you know people wanted to see what what Mike Dowdy was capable of you know and you know coming into the season there was a lot of pressure on me because you know rumors were he's he can take Phil he can take Harley this that and the other and you know for a rookie to come into the pro division with those kind of expectations you know it's it's hard, and I definitely know it can be done. I mean, Harley did it, Parks did it, but, you know, it's a lot of pressure for, for someone at 20 years old or 19 years old to, to deal with. But, um, you know, on that day, um, I just decided, you know, I've been doing this trick for a couple months now, and um, I've been landing them on, you know, a regular basis. So I kind of want that to be my, my debut, and I ended up landing one, so it was a pretty cool day. So... So I remember, I remember watching. Um, I think I was actually taking a little break and letting Brad Smela announce uh, solo for a little bit. And I remember you going out there and and doing it. And it was just, I mean, it almost looked like a, like a huge load was lifted up off your shoulders. Um, that gave you a ton of momentum. You qualified through. I think you crushed everybody in your heat, if I if I remember right. Um, you had a ton of momentum going on into uh, the quarterfinals. And um, what happened there? Um, from there, the weekend, you know, the weather didn't cooperate. It wasn't quite as nice as that first day throughout the rest of the weekend. But um, nonetheless, you know, um, after that day, you know, I, I really kind of, I guess my ego kind of turned on. And instead of just focusing on, you know, riding and doing the best I can do, I was so, you know, caught up with I have to win. You know, I got I can beat these guys and I got to do it. And, you know, that kind of threw me into a state of, you know, with, like, really high anxiety, you know, it's like, you don't really, I can't control if Harley goes out and has the best run of his life and beats me, you know, so it's like, I wanted to win so bad that it kind of started clogging my mind up, and I, I couldn't really think, and my riding suffered because of that. So, and, you know, it's it's the past, and we're going to go there. You started the season off a little bit cold last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, See here, we had the weight games. From there, we went to the first stop, the Pro Wakeboard Tour. Yep. Um, Masters was right after. And that. then the Masters, and you know, I see, I see it in my position a lot. Just hearing a lot of your sponsors, you know, walk around, oh, Mike Dowdy this and Mike Dowdy that, and at at some point, that's kind of got to start getting into your head a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're not constantly trying to, you know, to block out all the nonsense, you know, it definitely will will catch up with you. And, um, you know, I think it's a battle that everyone goes through. You know, it's it's not just something that just, you know, Mike Dowdy goes through. It's something that, you know, Phil's gone through, Danny Harp's gone through, Park's gone through. At some point or another, you know, all the rumors and everything and, you know, everyone talking, you know, if you're not careful, it'll definitely catch up with you. So... I, I was going to mention this a little bit later, but you uh, I mentioned it earlier, but we we're going to talk about it a little bit later. We'll talk about it right now. You won Rookie of the Year. Right, yeah. you, you don't win Rookie of the Year by just having great tricks. you got to perform right, yeah. in the clutch. you got to perform at the contest. We said you started the season off a little bit cold, but uh, there was a turning point for you. Yeah, I actually, um, my turning point, I guess, would say was, you know, right before Masters, I actually went out to California and was riding with Josh Twelker, who, um, like you said earlier, is one of the stars of Al Sur. Um, and I kind of suffered a knee injury, which, you know, I thought was going to be a major one. I thought might might put me out for the season, you know. And, you know, I went to the doctor, and it ended up just being a cracked bone on the outside of my um, knee. And, you know, Masters was coming up in... Actually, this was right before the Georgia Pro Tour. And so um, I had to miss the Georgia Pro Tour because of that. And then the next event was Masters. Um, Masters has always been my favorite event of the year. You know, Nautique always is putting on great events. And the wake is always huge at that event. So, you know, I really wanted to be there, especially being a rookie at Masters, you know. Um, definitely wanted to ride there. So I went to the doctor um, and, you know, he said, you can ride, but, you know, just, just be careful, you know, the pain, if you have a fall like that again, it could be pretty bad. Um, nonetheless, the pain started going away and I, I made it to masters and, uh, I actually made it into the finals. Um, didn't end up podium, but I got fourth place, which, you know, for a rookie, I thought, Hey, you yeah, know, it's, it's pretty good. Well, and I've been announcing the masters this is going to be my ninth year and that's, that's not an easy contest. You've got the pressure of. And, and not talking trash, but you've got the pressure of the water skiers watching you. And, mm -hmm. you know, that maybe you don't know if there's a positive vibe or if there's not. Because right, realistically, yeah. you know, there's only a handful of the water skiers that, that are, you know, friends with us. Right, yeah. Kind of, in a way. Um, plus, the venue itself is a little bit different. Um, the conditions at the Masters... I mean, it's beautiful there, and the wake okay. is always huge. But you know, there's always that wind chop. Yeah, you know, or the big rollers from you know the, the uh, the backwash. Yeah. yeah, the viewing point. So you definitely, you know, if you're gonna do some banger tricks, you gotta do them on the way down because the way back is it's pretty rough. It's definitely not a definitely not glassy water, but it's by far my favorite contest of the year. One of my favorites as well. Um, so following the Masters, everything started to pick up from there on. We still had Masters is only the third contest of the year, so we still had five, six major events. Um, let's talk about some of your some of your standings from last season. Yeah, so from there, um, my next, I guess my next best um, best event was California, and I got fourth and um, just barely missed a podium spot. Um, Dean actually beat me out for third, and. You know, just barely missed it, so, you know, things are starting to pick up, uh, everything's, you know, looking up, and I'm just kind of trying to maintain, uh, you know, my, my riding and just, just do the best I can. Um, from there, we had the wake open, I think was after that, and at the wake open, I really didn't perform how I wanted to, you know. That was my other favorite event of the year, but it was also the biggest stage because yeah. everyone there is the best, and... You know, it's I had, live on NBC. Yeah, and I had I had a really tough heat. I actually had Phil and Danny in my heat, and those are two of the best competitors in all of wakeboarding. And um, you know, unfortunately, didn't perform how I wanted in the boat contest, but uh, made the finals in the big air event, so that was kind of cool. Um, and then from there, our next event was Seattle, and that was kind of the I would say the best event I had all year, where. Um, I was actually winning my, you know, all my, my heats. I won quarterfinals and I won my semifinals with Phil going into finals. So I was actually the top seed of, um, the Seattle event. And that was kind of, I ended up getting third at that stop. So that was probably my, um, my best contest pass next to worlds, which I also got third at. So you had a couple of podium finishes last season and, and obviously that's probably what helped earn you the the rookie of the year. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say that's pretty much the only, you know that those podiums. There wasn't another rookie that made it into finals really or got podiums. So that was kind of the 
There was a, there big. there still was a lot of talk last year if I if I'm not mistaken it was uh, Christian Primrose yeah. and um, Christian Primrose and uh, Keenan Allen I think were yep. putting a lot of pressure on you early in the season just because those guys were were competing so um, you know they were they were on par and they were standing up their runs yeah it was kind of like they started out doing really well and then kind of did what I did at the beginning to where I kind of was bumpy at the beginning and then you know then turned it on toward the end of the season so but yeah those guys definitely put the pressure on to you know to make me you know I had to do my best and last year that was my main goal was to get rookie of the year you know so um, I kind of feel like after the you know getting rookie of the year the the years kind of get easier because you know that you only get one chance to win that you know it's so it was it was cool to to get to win that and um, now you kind of just keep looking forward. So contest wise, rookie of the year, some podiums, nice. Um, another really really big deal uh, are the Wake Awards every year. Yeah. Uh, they happen in September, pretty much close out our season. Uh, you you pretty much took top honors there this last year. Yeah, I um, I ended up winning trick of the year um, with a double melon roll to blind, which is uh, it's a trick that I kind of got from the snowboard world, I guess. It's a trick that Sean White does in the pipe, but he actually adds another 180 to it, so it'd be a double KGB. Um, that's where I got the inspiration to do it was I saw him do it, and I I know that most wakeboarders can say they've missed a handle pass on a KGB and over-rotated to their head. And I kind of thought, well, why not just go with that motion and see if I can, you know, get that trick all the way around and ended up working out. So it's kind of cool. Is there any other rider that's ever landed that trick? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. What other tricks do you have in your repertoire that no other riders ever landed? Um, the double roll to blind is the big one that no one has ever done. Um, KGB7, no one else has done. Um, my two other doubles that I do on a consistent basis have been done by Twelker and uh, Trevor Hansen. Um, so those, you know, those guys did it before I did. Um, some of the other tricks I guess I can do that no one else has done are those Ole, like late grabbed heel sevens um, and heel nines. Um, I think there might be one or two more, but I can't, I can't really remember. Who do you ride with? Uh, normally I ride with um, Robbie Houlihan or like Massey Pifferetti. Um, I spend a lot of time riding with those guys. Um, you know, there's quite a few people that I ride Question. with. Question. Do you only ride with Robbie Houlihan because his parents let you keep your boat at their house? No, no. I'm no, just joking. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I just kidding. It, like, even before I kept my boat there, we've always been like super close. So um, The Houlihan family is so cool. Yeah, awesome. Kellen and Randy yeah. are awesome awesome yeah, people yeah, and exactly they'll take anybody under their wing yeah and that's what was awesome I didn't quite have a place to keep my boat and they were open to having me keep mine there so it is awesome. it true to get a ride on Mike Dowdy's boat the minimum is you need to bring two tanks of gas yeah it is <laughs> is that the rumor going yeah that's around? a rumor <laughs> yeah no it is because I mean you know the the wakes behind the boat now and how much they weigh are, are so insane that what if you just what if you just want to come out to watch some great riding and hang no, out with some free. hot babes that's free yeah? Yeah, that's free. But if you want to ride and you want to get, like, a quality ride in, it's going to be two cans for sure. Okay, now if I if I want to come out to your boat, uh, but basically I want you to empty all the weight out mm -hmm. and, I don't know, pull me barefooting. No, yeah, that would be like a one normal. One tank? Yeah, normal. One tank? But, like, when I'm loaded down and people are trying to, like, go haywire and, you know, they're trying to throw down and you want the biggest weight possible, you know, you, you got you to gotta step up to the pump. Who do you think was the first wakeboarder to ever land double flip? Uh, the first one that I know of, um, Darren, maybe. But all right. Is that, was that right? I, th I think so. Yeah, I was thinking Parks or Darren, but I'm, I was sure Darren did his first. Double front flip. Yeah, double front The speedball. Yeah. Is that a trick that you'd ever even think I about? I don't think so. No. Um, I've tried some like front flips to get them legit, but it's so hard for me. Do you so do front flips? I can't do them like good ones like him or like someone like Josh Palma has a great front flip you know I don't or Eric Rock or Eric Rock yeah I just think he's a good friend yeah, I don't get like the good I for some reason I can't I have a hard time have you rode with him. Darren Shapiro no I've never actually gotten the chance to ride with him before I hurt my knee I had an invite to go ride with him and Mike Ferraro um but some personal things came up and I actually didn't get to make it I would think that. that riding with Darren would be a, uh, something really good for you I mean I, I yeah 
Darren is a great dude, and he is one of the all-time legends. Uh, he came before a time when it was all about style. It was more about amplitude and intensity. Yeah. And um, I see that in you, but as you've grown, your style has just really, really come a long way. Yeah, it's something you got to work on. Now you got to, you know, play on all sides of the field. You can't just be good at one, which, you know, makes it really tough. You know, especially with, you know, the opening of new cable parks and rail riding and this and that and definitely makes it hard to to you know stand out but it's definitely when you can be good at all of them like you know Raph and Rathy it, it definitely pays off what wakeboarders do you look up to I'd say the ones that I look up to the most for as far as like inspirational free riding um, you know guys like Danny Harf or Parks or um, JD Webb Sean Marino guys like that that um, you know Byerly especially too you know that guy did so much for wakeboarding so guys like that um as far as you know looking to who probably pushes me the farthest i would have to say harley clifford is the number one number one spot on that list for sure so you bring up harley let's talk about um friendly maybe unfriendly rivalries within the industry um yeah if you would there was definitely there's always been you know some some rivalry just because um you know we're both chasing the same dream and only one person can have it you know you can't you can't have two king of wakes you know it's it's going to be one person it's going to be the other you know um but i remember when i was younger i used to just watch videos of him over and over and swore that i would you know i would challenge him one day and now i think that that's kind of coming to you know it's it's kind of coming you know that's the rumor in the industry and it definitely sparked some you know some rivalry between us but definitely nothing to where we hate each other's guts and we can't even be in the same room or we're going to start some kind of brawl. But at the same time, do you guys ride together? Uh, we ride here and there, yeah, we don't. Um, most of the time when I'm riding, free riding a lot, he's in Australia. And then when he's back for the summer, we're on the same travel schedule. So we don't, you know, in the summer, you don't even get to really ride that much. So it's not like, and you know, as soon as um, the summer's over, he's already back to Australia. So it's like we don't really get to to free ride together too often much. Well, as, as the announcer, obviously, I've got a, a, a relationship with pretty much all the riders out there. You know, I, I, I know them. I know who, who they are. I know their personas. I know what people say about them. I know how I perceive them. I know how other people may or may not right, perceive yeah. them. Uh, you talk about some of like, the most intense riders in our industry right now, the top names. You're Phil Sovins, you're Rusty Malinowski's, um, even like an Andrew Atkinson. Are you out there? I mean, these guys... There's no question that these guys are in it to win it. Yeah, I definitely don't have the same rivalry that I have with them that I do with Harley. Um, I think it's probably an age thing too because we're the same age and we're both trying to accomplish the same things. So, um, you know, some of the older guys like the Phil and the Rusty and Andrew, they're more, um, you know, I can look to them for like advice or help with anything. And, you know, and those guys really will, will help me. But our rivalry with, you know, me and Harley kind of, um, I wouldn't say that we're like not friends or anything because we are friends and um, we just have a rivalry. You know, we're, we're chasing the same dream, and I think it kind of gives it a little bit more excitement too. You know, it kind of adds a adds a flair to everything. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the after season, 2013, uh, best trick of the year. You won that at the Wake Awards. Uh, at, at some point, you you must have felt a little bit of a drain from the season. I, I think you took a little time off. Yeah, toward the end of the season, you know, everything's winding down. People are starting to ride less, you know. Um, you kind of start getting into, you know, your off-season training. You're going to the gym. You're doing this and that. So um, normally every off-season I kind of head for the hills and go back home to Michigan. Um, you know, I, and during the summer I don't get to see my family too awful much and my friends from back home and everything. So um, after the season's over, I, I kind of like to go home and just, just chill, you know, and be with them, which – I like going home, but this year I made kind of a really bad mistake of not really going to the gym as much, you know. Sure. I went home and I just relaxed, you know. I had a hard season and I went home and just chilled and um, I think that was probably the wrong move. Yeah, well, you deserve you deserve to, to have that time off. I know last season you were busting. I know uh, I was on the road a lot and, you, and at least for me, I get to go home during the weekdays and do my own thing, whether it's do my regular job or, or whatever, but I know you had to be out there and... And no matter what, yes, this is the best job in the world. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, 
It's a grind. It, yeah, it, it is. Being out in the boat all the time and, and oh, poor you for, for being out in the boat. Well, you know, it, 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 it is a job, yeah. you know. It is a job and it does take its toll and day after day, uh, it, it has to start catching up with you. So right. yeah. I fully understand that. So how much time, so how much time did you actually spend up north? When did you get back to Florida? Um, I went back home at the end of September. Um, I got back to Florida. I had to come back twice, I think, for some obligations with Nautique and some of my other sponsors. But um, I actually didn't come back and start training for the season until February, right after my birthday. My birthday's the first, and I came back around the second or third. I think. So how so? Um, how how were you riding in early February? Early February was really good. You know, it it took me you know maybe a week or two to get all my stuff back to where I was doing doubles again and and everything like that so it really the time off didn't really affect my riding but it affected my overall health I think were you were you able to film at all in uh, early February I got to film yeah I filmed um I think actually I don't I don't think I filmed I think before I think I had to fly down for some shoots or something um somewhere before um before February I did do some filming though but early February I didn't do any filming really well, here's the part we've probably been dreading, uh, talking now about where you're at at this moment. Um, you came back in February, you started riding just a few weeks after that. Um, you had an unfortunate injury. Yeah, I think that's kind of, you know, what I meant by the taking the time off was probably not the best decision. You know, I probably should have been in the gym and, you know, staying, staying active more and staying fit. You know, I did go to the gym, but wasn't quite training how I would normally train for you know, the up-and-coming season, and I was out um, riding and trying that trick, double roll to blind, which I won trick of the year with um, for 2013, um, and just kind of over-rotated it, and uh, my leg was straight when I landed, and from the board spinning, it just hyper-extended my knee in, and I uh, ended up tearing my ACL and got surgery about a month later. I saw the video, and I cringe every time. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. Um, That's all right. It's, it's such a bummer, but um, injury, that obviously, you're you found some positive in this as well it sounds like yeah definitely um it's kind of an eye-opener that you know you you really got to have a strategy going into the season you know it's kind of you look at every other sport and they have a schedule and they have strategies and they stick to those you know but you know wakeboarding is probably one of the only sports where you really look at it and a lot of the guys don't have strategies you know they wake up at 12 o'clock they decide to go ride whenever they want they go out to the bar before a big contest you know Stuff like that. So, you know, it sounds kind of dumb, but it's actually true that that's kind of the stuff you need to do to, to stay at the top. And now, especially with, you know, the type of riding level that, that people have, um, you definitely got to stay, you know, physically into it. It's a lifestyle sport. And I remember back when I first moved down to Florida and started really coming around the wakeboard scene. Now, I've always been around, uh, growing up with Eric Ruck, I've, I've mm. been around wakeboarding since, you know, 1994. Right, yeah. Um, but I, I knew the riders, but really getting into the scene, you know, there was a time when the best in the world could go out yeah. and stay up all night to the earliest hours in the morning and be back at the contest site and still make it through. I'm talking guys like Parks. Yeah. And you know, it it it's just Parks was a different breed. He was of a, athlete. He was the type of rider that if he was born the same year I was born, he would be right where you know, where I am or where Harley is now, you know, he was, he was the, you know, he was that, that guy that was, he was you know, the benchmark. Yeah, he was, the, he was the new standard. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I understand that. And, you know, that's, that's the thing you got to make the choice within, uh, is it about the party lifestyle? Right. Yeah. And sometimes it is, there's, I, I say there's a time and a place. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, well, and yeah, sure, a lot of riders will catch a lot of slack because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't but the thing I've always liked about you is the fact that you let your your riding do the talking for the most part. Yeah, I try to, you know, it's kinda seems to be the the road less traveled, but it seems to be the one that pays off the most, so I kinda just try to stick to that. So you're about a month in right now, so tell us about the injury exactly. So the injury happened um February seventeenth or nineteenth, somewhere around that. Um that uh, that time frame and you know I fortunately I work closely with a, a medical team that 
you know, if I need anything or anything happens, you know, I call them and um, I'm straight away into the doctor. So MCL, PCL, ACL, what is it? Uh, ACL, yep. ACL? Yep, so. Full um, reconstruction? Or? Yep, got full, fully uh, surgery, scar down the middle, screws in and everything. Who are some other riders that have similar injuries, guys, that you maybe you talk to about? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, to? that's a pretty, in wakeboarding, that's a really common injury. Um, you know, guys like Sean Watson, Danny Harf, um, Parts, I think. I These mean, guys give you any advice? Uh, they basically said, you know, just take your time. You know, don't don't be too eager to, to jump back into it. And basically, you know, not to worry because, you know, I'm going to blink and I'll be back riding again. So, sure. you know, they kind of said just keep it cool and just try and relax. Um, month out of surgery, how much more time before you're back on the water? Uh, yep, I'm a month out of surgery now. Um, therapy three times a week, and um, so basically five more months. Five so more ar- months. Around September or end of September, I'll, I'll be able to strap back up. So, uh, when everybody else is just about to hit their off season, that's that's gonna start your 2015 season. I take it you're probably not gonna take too much of a break once you come back. Um, probably not, but I am going to try to not ride. You know, a lot of the industry standard is ride like three or four times a day, which, um, you know, it's fine when you're young, but at a certain point, your your body can't do it anymore. You know, it's just, it's just, it's almost impossible, you know, unless you're, you're just causing so much damage to your body. So I'm definitely going to, you know, try and pick up where I left off, you know, but um, try and kind of develop more of a, str- I guess, a strategy or game plan of how I'm going to ride and how I'm going to go about everything. Um, future plans, what's going on? Right now, nothing really. I mean, the the more important thing now is just getting my leg healthy, and um, I'll be at, you know, the events this year just, you know, hanging out and um, just talking to people. So I'll be at um, the Masters, uh, the Nautique events. Um, I'll probably make my way out to some of the Pro Tours, you know, the one in Michigan I'll most definitely be at just because my family's from there, so... Um, but right now, you know, the most important thing for the future and for right now is just get my knee back to, to where it needs to be. I got a phone call from the Nautique people. It sounds like you're going to be up there on the microphone with me a little bit, uh, this season. You looking forward to that or yeah, what? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know last year, um, for the juniors division, we did some announcing. Yeah, we did at the Masters, yeah, huh? Yep. So, um, definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun experience and hopefully you can show me the ropes and I can get into it. Yeah, I'll I'll teach you a little bit. I'm not gonna teach you everything. I gotta <laughs> right. keep this job for a couple more years. So, um, all right. Well, once again, it's uh, Dirty Mike Dowdy in the house with us right here, right now, in the Golden Mike. Um, we've got a few more minutes with him. Um, I want to give you a chance to mention your sponsors. Um, yeah, I, you know, I want to thank all my sponsors and you know everyone who supports me. Um, Nautique Boats, CWV Wakeboards, uh, Red Bull Billabong, Flywake, um, Zeal Optics. Um, without those guys, it's definitely would be hard to be where I am today. So um, I just want to thank everyone who's been there for me and who's going to continue to be there for me throughout this injury. Yeah, and as this being my first uh, shot at a podcast, maybe some of those sponsors will hear this first episode like yeah, what they hear yeah. and uh, throw a couple throw shekels my yeah, way. Yeah, you know? I think so. We'll I see. Think we can work something out. We'll see. Uh, before I fully let you go, uh, let everybody know how they can find you through social media. Um, find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter uh, at Dirty Mike Dowdy, um, Facebook Mike Dowdy, and uh, that's all the social channels I have. So if you need me, that's how to find me. Very, very cool. Well, once again, guys, the 2013 Rookie of the Year Wake Awards Trick of the Year Award winner, Mike Dowdy, hanging out with us here in Dr. Phillips, Orlando, Florida, in the studio loft, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, don't go anywhere. I have a blog on iWake.com. The noise. Well, I'm back for my third year in a row, and my first story is already posted. Make sure you guys check out www.iwake.com. The noise. And uh, my first article, which comes to you from Orlando, Florida, Freedom Wake Park, the WWA Malibu Pro Card Qualifier. Uh, plenty of photos, not plenty of words, because I like to make it easy for everybody to, to read. But uh, a really good article, and um, I, I really like the support. And uh, also make sure you check back the following week. We've got the article from the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tours coming up next. And then after that on iWake, it's going to be probably a two-piece from the Wake Games. I'd also like to talk about some upcoming events. We've already mentioned the Wake Games are happening this Thursday, April 24th. 
through this Sunday, the 27th. Uh, But kicking off the weekend, we're going to start off at Performance Ski and Surf this Wednesday night for their one-year anniversary party. There's a lot of great things going on, uh, a lot of interaction with athletes and pros and industry who's who. Uh, The crew from Liquid Force is going to be back for their second year at Performance Ski and Surf's new location doing a little tailgating in the parking lot. They're going to be cooking it up, grilling hot dogs and hamburgers, and it's free for everybody to come and check out. Plus, I'll be uh, hosting, emceeing the night, be uh, doing raffles and giveaways. We've got some special deals on closeout and new wakeboards, wake skates, bindings, ropes, handles, surfwear, sunglasses, you name it. Bill Porter and the crew definitely going to be hooking you guys up. That's this Wednesday at Performance Ski and Surf. Thursday morning, we kick off the wake games at Orlando Water Sports Complex. That evening, Thursday evening, uh, 8 p.m., we're going to be at Don Hefe's downtown Orlando, Florida, for the video premiere of Al Sur. It's a wakeboard film done by Trevor Maurer, who, if you guys aren't familiar, he's a West Coast-style master, rides with some of the greats, and uh, Al Sur video is going to be featuring riders like Randall Harris, Chris O'Shea, Danny Harf, J.D. Webb, uh, Josh Twelker, and that's just to name a few. People are calling this the May Day of our day. Uh, if you guys haven't seen May Day, I recommend you rewind it back to the late 90s and check that out. May Day, one of the most iconic wakeboard films in our industry. So plenty of stuff for you guys uh, to check out. And like I mentioned before, your opportunity to see it all through my eyes and my photos and my words on my iWake.com blog which I post each and every week. For more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida, has been the one-stop shop for towed water sports enthusiasts from all around the world. Whether you're an aspiring amateur athlete or the top-rated pro rider, Performance has you covered. Come check out our Sand Lake Road location in Orlando, Florida, less than 10 minutes from the Orlando International Airport, or check them out online at www.perfski.com. This week, you can catch up at Performance Ski and Surf Wednesday with uh, the one-year anniversary party, Thursday, day one of the wake games, then the Al Sur video premiere, that's at Don Hefe's downtown Orlando, Friday, We've got the weight games as well as the weight games draft. Saturday, it's the uh, semifinals for all the divisions at weight games. Uh, we also have Eric Ruck going to be playing live music at um, Yellow Dog Eats out in Gotha, Florida. Sunday is the finals for weight games. I'm looking forward to see what team comes out on top and the opportunity to do a little bit of announcing with you. We'll talk about all of that and much, much more on our next show. Plus, you can find it out, uh, all the information on these events, and see photos on my weekly blog at www.iwake.com. And uh, for our first audio podcast, I think that's about that. So I once again want to thank Mike Dowdy for joining us here in the studio loft here in Dr. Phillips, Orlando, Florida. The first podcast episode of The Golden Mike. I'm Daniel the Mano, the Noise of the North. Until next time, peace.